Hey, John, I got a question. <laughs> you need a ride to the airport? <laughs> the Wrestling Life. Hey, everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 248. It is October 15, 2020. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and only wrestling podcast. One thing that we definitely can't talk about is how October 15th it would have been our parents' 36th wedding anniversary. <laughs> Good times. They got divorced on their anniversary, in fact. It was official on what would have been their 20th? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, good times. <laughs> well, there's some good stuff going on in pro wrestling right now. There, uh, The WWE draft uh, took place over the past week. That's not necessarily an example of good stuff. G1 uh, is coming to an end. That is an example of good stuff. Uh, AEW had their first anniversary show on the 54th week of Dynamite this week. <laughs> and... Uh, there's all kinds of, uh, of things going on. So, uh, WWE Draft, what stood out to you? Um, well, the drafts are always funny to me, especially the way they've done them the last couple years, where the shows have to redraft people that are already on their shows. Yes. Like, that always seems silly to me, um, just because that was never the way they used to do it. Like, if that had always been the way, and it's just, everybody goes into a giant free agent poll you know the week before the draft or whatever i guess that's fine like it's not terrible or anything it's just that always so so like when i am looking up the raw or the the draft results because i didn't watch smackdown live um and i see like uh roman reigns drafted to smackdown drew mcintyre drafted to raw i'm like what what is the point of this we're just saying names yes that guy is staying exactly where he currently is. I mean, thanks, thanks for letting us know. But <laughs> the, there's um, a, yeah. a lot of Stephanie McMahon saying remaining on blank brand. <laughs> yes, we, you know, she's she's just like uh, Rob Manfred or uh, <laughs> or any of those other uh, big real sports uh, commissioners, and so she has to be out there announcing the picks and but. It's not new talent coming to the shows. They didn't even draft anyone from NXT, so it's not even like you have new people coming up at this point. It's just this person is either staying where they were or, or uh, moving over to the other show. But like I, said, I think it's fine. I do. I just feel like the draft shows used to be like kind of really fun, and I feel like the way to do it used to be just to do matches and the winner winning brands got the pick or whatever. And I was fine with that, that cause at least then it felt like you could just do a bunch of fun kind of random matches and they would kind of mean something. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a huge problem with uh, what I saw on the show on that show. There was actually some good wrestling. I thought the uh, big E and Sheamus street fight was really good. Um, Ooh. Uh, uh. Brutal, brutal. <laughs> sure. They, they, they really beat each other up. They were a lot of cuts and abrasions and, and bruises. And 
it's like it's funny because obviously the joke for so long is uh, how how pale Sheamus is, but the the side effect of that is when he's in any kind of hardcore match, you immediately know how hard the other person is hitting him by how quickly the welts start forming and the cuts and stuff starts forming on his back. But uh, yeah, they they beat the tar out of each other and they gave Big E a big decisive win. And then just just because they decided to break up the new day. <laughs> They established that uh, you, you can draft entire factions. Yeah. It's yeah. a limit, too, um, because, like, Raw, Raw, Raw drafted Retribution, the group that is hell-bent on destroying it. Yes. Uh, they drafted all four of them, and the Hurt Business, as well, was drafted as a four-person four group. But Raw decided to just draft Kofi and Woods for some reason, so... Big E got a big singles win, and then they broke up his stable for reasons. Yeah, I, I guess the big, the big, the biggest moves were like breaking up the New Day, Seth to SmackDown, uh, Jeff Hardy to Raw, Bianca to SmackDown. Maybe she'll get a, a shot at a push over there because there's only like five women in the division. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Bailey will need someone to wrestle after she uh, beat Sasha clean. Well. You know, I'm not going to argue at this point. Like, there's a pretty good chance you're right. <laughs> She's been champion for a very long time. It's been over. But anyway, yeah, now. no. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I think I think Bianca being off the show that Vince McMahon cares about is good news for her. Yeah. Um, I guess the most notable people not drafted, obviously, Becky, um, Edge. Uh, Sonya's off TV right now. She was not drafted. Jinder off TV right now, not drafted. The Forgotten Sons have been forgotten. <laughs> Sweet irony. Uh, Cena, Goldberg, Ronda, Undertaker, all these people that are under contract but aren't really uh, active anymore. Samoa Joe, not part of the draft, so... I mean, I don't think it's the worst thing that his in-ring career is over. Like, tremendous, tremendous talent, mm-hmm. but but maybe maybe it's time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he gave an interview recently where he said it's not over, but I don't know if that's that decision is up to him. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess the the other real notable thing, other than they kept a lot of feuds together. Like, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens and Aleister Black have been feuding for a while. They got moved to the same show. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ray and Seth are on the same show still. Right, right, right. Ray, Seth, and Seth and Walter Mysterio are all ended up on the same show. Uh, Murphy, of course, ended up over there with them. So we yep. can just tell those stories on Fridays now instead of on uh, instead of on Mondays. Uh I, I guess maybe most notably Andrade and Mickey James were in draft pools and not selected. So I don't know if they're making if they're doing some kind of weird storyline with that, or they're mad at one or both of them, <laughs> or like it seems like Mickey's had a foot out the door for a while, and she also seems like she gets hurt every time she wrestles now. Um, she's on the wrong side of 40 now uh or she might be 39 i forget uh but just 
not a good week to be Mickey or Andrade. Like, I can understand the Mickey stuff almost for all the reasons I just said, but Andrade is a really weird one to me. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really know what's what's going on with that. It seems like they've they've stopped and started with him so many times that I guess this is just another example of that. Yeah, maybe there's some story. I mean, I guess the idea there's the potential that anybody not drafted could show up on NXT, I guess. But then also people that weren't drafted on Friday were just announced on like Twitter as having been drafted the next day. So it also feels like maybe they don't know exactly what, what they're doing with everybody just yet. So they're just like, yeah, just leave them. <laughs> it's, it's, it feels like more of a, a creative has nothing for you thing. Which is more understandable to me with um, Mickey James than it is with Charlotte's fiance. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. I mean, assuming he's not, leaving which i haven't read anything that said his contract was coming up or that he was planning on leaving so uh yeah it would be weird to just make him like you would think the story of like the wrestler nobody wants would be left to like the like drake mavericks of the world you know like you wouldn't necessarily think that would be something they would do with somebody that they have sunk as much television time into as they have with andrade yeah, that's true. Um, I read the uh, somebody reported uh, on Wednesday that he is having some kind of minor medical procedure, but like they drafted other people that are hurt, so I don't know why they didn't. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, anything else you want to cover with WWE? Uh, they did the finally did the. Bailey Sasha match, and as we predicted last week, they didn't actually do it. <laughs> yes, they uh, they did a a DQ, but at least it's a DQ leading to something, and not the usual DQ leading to nothing. Um, they are getting the Hell in a Cell match. Still time time to make it a Hell in a Cell strap match because, as now established by the Roman Reigns main event of that show, you can do other steps with the Hell in a Cell, which feels to me like putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> but they're doing a Hell in a Cell I quit match, and you you could still do a Hell in a Cell strap match too. I'm just, I'm putting just putting a hat on a hat. Yes, <laughs> that's what I would call that. Um, and of course, I think we would be remiss not to mention uh, the return of the freak Lars Sullivan. Yeah, this guy just can't get out of his own way, though. Like, there's more, like, weird internet message board stuff this week of him, like, ripping on people on the internet. Like, why can't this guy stay out of trouble? Yeah, he couldn't do that. There was stuff of him, like, DMing a woman who wasn't interested in him on Instagram. Like, there's... Yeah, he's he seems like someone who needs to, uh, to log off, but uh, yeah. he will never <laughs> log off. So, but we just we just keep putting it back on TV. So there you go. Like of all the people to tank your business for. By the way, should we talk about Matt Riddle? Sure, why not? I've gone from like super high on Matt Riddle, no pun intended, to good one. Like, I don't care if this guy falls off the face of the earth to I can't believe 
like of all the people in the world, you can pick and choose when you're WWE who you want to be in business with. They don't have to be in the Matt Riddle business. <laughs> and they have decided that they are still in the Matt Riddle business. Uh, I guess stuff. Seth Rollins did a weird interview last week, and somebody asked him about, hey, you want to wrestle Matt Riddle? <laughs> and he's like, no, I hope that guy gets drafted to the other brand. And everyone's like, transfers oh. to hell. <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, man, that's really weird. And then somebody went and looked at uh, Matt Riddle's wife's Instagram, and she was posting about how Becky Lynch has a f- jiggly ass or something <laughs> last year. <laughs> it's like, first of all, I don't think I've ever said jiggly ass on this program before, and I hope I never do again. I'm glad Second, here. I'm here in two, ep- 248 episodes. We can still <laughs> come up with new phrases. That's right, jiggly ass. If <laughs> I mean, if you're There's looking the for, title an episode, for the episode, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, well, first of all, I don't think it is. Second of all, like of all the people to like go off on about not working hard on their body, like Becky Lynch, if you just look at her, it's like she's naturally pear shaped. So like she would be a bigger or heavier person if she didn't work insanely hard on her body. So like. Playoff, <laughs> right? Also, maybe if you're the wife of an up-and-coming wrestler who has already uh, stepped on some toes that he probably shouldn't have stepped on, maybe don't go picking fights with like the biggest star in the industry who is dating one of the other biggest stars in the industry. Maybe that's a bad idea, just in general. Maybe you can keep that one in the DMs, you know? Maybe you can yep. keep that one in the drafts. Yeah. Um, or don't specifically call out, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, one of the most high pro- high profile uh, wrestlers in the world. And, yep. uh, maybe that was just a bad idea. Beyond it also being mean and unnecessary and silly, yeah. um, it just seems dumb on top of it. And that's not even getting into recent legal. <laughs> Uh, issues that yeah. Mr. Riddle has had. Well, it's it's factual to state that Riddle's being sued for ten million dollars. WWE's being sued for ten million dollars. Um, Evolve, which I don't think is a thing anymore, <laughs> is getting sued for ten million dollars. And Gabe Sapolsky, I think, is getting su- sued for ten million dollars. Um, and you know, one of the things that's come out in the course of this lawsuit, which I don't think this lawsuit's going to go anywhere. I think it's going to get settled probably. Um, but one of the things that came out was that uh, Drake Wirtz, the very problematic Drake Wirtz, who it's a shame he's so problematic. He's such a good ref. Yeah. Um, but uh, he uh, pulled the the woman that's suing Matt Riddle. He pulled her from her booking and said because it was of an issue with talent. <laughs> it's like, well, that's pretty much what she's alleging in this here lawsuit. Right. And if, if, as previously stated, she had been, uh, as was accused in in the previous attempt to get a restraining order against her, Matt, Matt Riddle's crackerjack lawyer uh, <laughs> suggested that she had been stalking him for, like, years and that she had been, I think, banned from the performance center and all this stuff. And that part I'm not 100% on, so this is all alleged. Um, but... Uh, but that and then she was able and her lawyer was able to produce a document showing that wasn't the case 
and that yeah. WWE didn't know anything about it, I guess, until they booked her, right. and then had to unbook her. So this was like a known thing, and that the company was has been aware of for a long time. That would seem to fly in, in the face of that. So yeah, um, bad week for the riddles. And uh, hey, just another thing. Um, if you're gonna make just this is just general advice for anyone listening, of course. Um, if you're going to make a burner account, send out some tweets that aren't about the thing you're making the burner account for, so it's a little less restrictive. <laughs> Don't just make an account and then start only doing tweeting and defending the thing you want to defend. <laughs> like that, because then, like after about an hour, people are going to figure out, oh, this account was created yesterday and only has tweeted about this one thing. That's probably it's you're going to get found out pretty quickly. Um, especially if you start saying uh, uh, a lot of like heart- horrible racist things to people. So that's just, just general advice. Not talking to anybody in particular there. Yeah. Just just good advice. Yeah. So I think uh, the riddles are way worse people than the Hardys. Just uh, <laughs> but I think the riddles yeah. are the riddles are this decade's version of the Hardys. If you replace the Hardy's issues with substance abuse with like racism and sex crimes, yeah, that's like it's a real like. Well, you know, they live in. Maybe it's good that they're in Florida. You know, they they're living up to certain stereotypes that people like to say about people that live in Florida. I guess um, a specific flavor of uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's the North Carolina flavor of that, and there's the Tampa flavor of that, and I think the real are more the Tampa flavor. You know, in addition to saying jiggly ass for the first time in this in this episode, this is becoming one of my favorite episodes because I've I've, I've gotten to hear you dance around trying not to say the words redneck or white trash. Yes, that's <laughs> can't confirm that those are the words I was avoiding, but if I was, I might have said something along the lines of the Tampa flavor. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, G1, it's down to four guys in each block, but really it seems like it's down to two guys in B block. Probably Evil and Sonata will be wrestling um, to, for the B block on, what day is that, Saturday? Mm-hmm. And A block on Friday. I mean, it's Okada. Osprey needs like a million things to happen. Okada is probably out. So then it ends up with, like, Ibushi or Jay White. So I would say the top two in each block are Ibushi and Jay in the A block and Evil and Sonata in B block. Uh, how much do you want to have been catching? I've been catching uh, about a third of it, I would say. Reading reports on every show because I have to edit stuff. But uh, I feel like maybe this past weekend it kind of tipped from no buzz whatsoever to a little bit of buzz but maybe also nothing gets past a four-star level because crowds can't react. But just generally, now that we're down to like the last weekend of G1 coming up here, your thoughts on the 2020 G1? Yeah, I thought there was there was one show last weekend that I went out of my way to watch the uh, the top stuff from the Suzuki Ibushi match. I thought was really fun, and uh, trying to remember what else was on that show. The I mean, I mean the the underlying thing seems to be they're continuing, uh, like, this evil Jay White stuff. Yeah. So that would be an interesting final. Um, 
but I feel like you could all, always have. So which which final is first? The A block final? A block, yeah. Um, That's the J. Well, it's J against Ishii, and Ibushi is wrestling Taichi. So it's like not directly. They're not wrestling each okay. other for. They're not wrestling each other for the block. Uh, whereas in the B block, it's a little more clear cut. Gotcha. So yeah, my thought is one of them costs the other. Like either J costs Evil and Sonata goes to the final, or Evil costs J and that gets Ibushi into the finals. Or both. I guess it could be both. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my, right. that's kind of my thoughts is that they seem to be getting stronger with this Bullet Club stuff and. I mean, it's Bullet Bullet Club's still weird, but it would seem weird to have him be the one expelled from the group so soon after joining it. So, like, are we gearing up for babyface Jay White? I don't know. It's not something I would do, but <laughs> not now, anyway. Like, I feel like he's whatever you think of Jay White. I think he's pretty. He's got that his style, his bad guy style, so down pat. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Um, wrote an article on Wednesday uh, detailing all the possible sc- scenarios, and uh, I made one mistake in the article, <sighs> but everything else was correct. But I had people tweeting me telling me that I was wrong about things that I was right about, uh, which maybe maybe Twitter was a mistake. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe, maybe it's it's possible that uh, that's a mistake. Also, don't just as a side, don't uh, ask a question on Twitter ever. Uh, like <laughs> tonight, uh, when I asked, did they say Darby Allen was getting a shot next week? Did that change because of the draw? And then I had eight people uh, yell at me for not paying close enough attention because they said it was happening at the pay per view. And I was like. Just just asked a question, man. Didn't could have just rewound it if I wanted to know that badly. Just trying to make conversation on the Twitter machine. But how, hey, that's, how, that's how, my own fault. How dare you? How that's dare right. you? <laughs> how dare you miss something on the very cohesive, well thought out, well planned, <laughs> well timed AEW Dynamite? That's right. Uh, I guess we can, we can get to that in a second. Any other? I guess do you have a thought. Because out of these four, I mean, Abushi and Naito feels like that's the Tokyo Dome main event. Just because I, unless we're finally after 55 years, are going to pull the trigger on Sonata. I, I I would say going into or before G1, I thought it was Sonata. I thought Sonata was going to win G1. Mm-hmm. As G1 went on, I was less certain of that. <laughs> um. I think now Sonata's going to win B-Block for sure. Um, I think Kenta beats Naito in their match. Because the, and so Kenta costs Naito a shot, or it costs Naito G1, and then Ke- Naito has a challenger. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Sonata beats Evil, Sonata wins B-Block, and then... Probably Ibushi or Jay White. I don't. I don't have a read on this thing anymore. But I will say, you know, four months ago, I thought Sonata was winning G1. It seemed like they were finally ready to go over the hump 
with him. They finally let him beat Okada, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, he's finally the guy, or he's finally, you know, going to be elevated there. And then the evil thing kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so, I don't know. Long, long-winded way of saying, I don't have a read on this. <laughs> well, then we will file it under We'll See. I am always wrong when I try to predict what Ghetto's going to do on big picture stuff like by the by the by the book stuff like undercard stuff i I usually can't you you don't have to have a degree in uh brain surgery or rocket science or whatever to figure out what's going on there right whereas the main event stuff i'm always wrong like i i Like I, that might be a problem just with me in general. Like I never see twists in movies coming. Like <laughs> I, I might just really be dumb. <laughs> no, I think that's that's okay. I know I get what you mean though. Like because yeah, once once it's all sort of laid out, you're like, okay, I can see where they're going, and I'm rarely surprised. But when they're building up to something and it's not clear where the direction is, you're like, well, I mean, this is what I would. Th- think and again i was like where you think like well in another promotion they do that like they go to abushi and naito because that's like a rivalry and abushi like how many more years does abushi have as a top guy right probably 100 because he's indestructible but (laughs) but theoretically he is getting up there and he's older than the sonatas of the world so he's like if you're gonna go back to that match now at the Tokyo domain event, that's probably like now is the time to do that. But then also, like you said, they've given they've given Sonata those big wins this year. He's you know made it into the finals. Like it's it does seem like okay if they're this is really like a time to go to the new guys era, <laughs> and we're pushing ahead and evil you know they made evil. <laughs> A new a new top guy and very quickly and maybe they could do the same with Sonata here. I don't I don't know. I guess it wouldn't be as quite as drastic as what it was with Evil, but yeah, that's that's I I do get what you mean when you say it. It's sometimes with with New Japan booking, it's not always like if the roadmap hasn't been spelled out in uh, in plain English or plain Japanese, I guess. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it can be a little tough to gauge. So sometimes which way the the wind is going to blow. Well, I appreciate you trying to make me feel less dumb. <laughs> My pleasure. Anytime. All right. Uh, Wednesday night stuff this week, AEW Dynamite. Real mixed bag of a show. Real mixed bag of a show. Live Dynamites are always a disaster, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Just stuff's timed poorly. Um, things go too short. Things go way too long. I think the Jericho MJF stuff finally jumped the shark this week. Oh, yeah. Like, you can have too much of a good thing. Um, I don't I don't know. I, those are my thoughts on the EW Dynamite. Uh, the I liked the women's match. I liked the world title match. I liked Eddie Kingston attacking Mox... Or, uh, yeah, having this crew attack Moxley. Uh, Eddie Kingston should cut a promo in every show. There was good... There was, a, there was there was bad on that show as well. Any thoughts, uh, particularly on the tag title match? Yeah, so I guess this is the point where I bury FTR. Um, <laughs> I, like they seem like nice fellas. I don't want to. 
<laughs> but I don't think they've had like a really good match since they've been here. Like they and they've had a lot of really talented teams to work with, and the common denominator in all those matches, including Kenny and Hangman, who I don't think I've ever seen them have a bad match as a team. And the match wasn't necessarily bad. I shouldn't. I'm not going to go that far. But the that like 35 minute pay per view match was a slog. Like I thought that was just that was rough. And I I just feel like something ain't clicking here, man. Like I and no offense, but like there's this like idea like oh well they're playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. It's a checkers tournament. You have to play checkers here if you want to want to be successful here. Play play checkers. This isn't. You're not here to play chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. You're a. You're like. You're like. You don't belong here if you want to play chess. It's a different thing. It's a different game here. That to me is what it's what it stands out to me. I don't know if that analogy makes any sense, but that's the one I'm going with. It, it feels it, like they arrive at a checkers tournament and want to play chess, and they're determined to set up their chessboard no matter how much everyone else wants to play checkers. Because again, it's a checkers tournament. <laughs> like it's a good analogy. Specifically, I'm not sure it applies to this, only because like all the best tag teams in the world are working there. So like, who else are you gonna play chess with? <laughs> like. Right. You know, like, if you want to have, like, these intricate matches, who better? <laughs> like, they had the one really good match where there was, like, an eight-man or a four-way or something where they were in there with Butcher and Blade and Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, I think. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, <laughs> it's been a lot of yeesh. And, like, the best friends... They have their hits and misses, but generally, like, you're not going to have a bad match with the best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's my thing. I just, I feel like it's just like every match of theirs, one, feels like it goes too long, and two, feels like it's just, like, they're trying to do something that no one else wants to do. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, that's, like, again, like, I know they can have good matches. I've seen them have lots of good matches. But yeah, other than that, that eight-man tag, which, no offense to them, they were fine in that match, but they weren't the stars of that match. Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson were the stars of that match. Um, so the idea, I don't know. I guess my point is, I like cool flips, and I want to see the Lucha Bros more wrestle more, and I want to see FDR wrestle less. But FDR has a 20-minute match on every show now. And none of them are particularly like none of them like none of them are bad, but almost none of like none of them other than matches where they have other, you know, more adept teams uh, working with them have been particularly good or great either. Let's try to let's try to, very quickly. Let's try to figure out what the problem here is, though. Right. So they're the heels. So mm-hmm. they're. They're, so heels generally, especially in tag matches, take the bulk of the offense, and you work over the babyface, and you work over the babyface, and you work over the babyface, right? Mm-hmm. So you would think that as, like, bases for guys who can do flips, that these guys would be perfect. And you would think that as, like, as far as just, like, beating somebody down goes, like, they're kind of, you know 
throw clubbing forearms and use holds to work people over stuff style would work perfectly. So what's not clicking? <laughs> That's a really like I I I feel like it's the way the matches are being put together. Like I feel like there's just something I don't know if they're trying to do like too much like too much intricate stuff or again I think match length is part of it too. Not every match should go <laughs> 20 minutes. Sure. Um um, I think that's part of it too. Um, yeah, I think it's all, all and like there is a certain mishmash of styles. When they were in there with uh, Jack Evans the other week, I thought like this is first of all this is bizarre. Like it's bizarre to watch these like very WWE throwback, you know, semi, you know, play WWE wrestlers playing throwback NWA wrestlers wrestling Jack Evans and Angelico is it's just bizarre. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the fact that it wasn't a particularly good match because they didn't, they weren't on the same page a lot. So yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's like a pride thing and there's a lot of like we'll call it in the ring stuff going on and they're just not communicating well with the other teams. I don't like I, it's it would all, all be speculation on my end. But yeah, there's something for every reason. Like I think match length is part of it. And yeah, maybe if they kept it a little more simple and just like the spot tonight where they brawl outside for no reason, and then Trent spears a video game cabinet. And I know that was to set up the post-match where Miro and, and Kip beat up the best friends. But yeah. like, but then, but then like, I also didn't think it made sense because we're setting up that the... I feel like we've been setting up that FTR are cowards <laughs> and cheaters, and yet they like choose to carry the guy back into the ring to try to pin him. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't like again, like it's like it's there's nothing particularly wrong with that spot in a vacuum, but it's just like I and now I feel like I'm just nitpicking to try to strengthen my argument, but I just like for whatever reason I'm not sure if it's just match length, if it's just poor communication, or the way the matches are being laid out, but just something ain't clicking here with these guys, and I feel like they're the common denominator because I've watched all these other like a lot of these other teams have had really good great in some cases matches with each other but none of them seem to be able to crack the code on having a great match with ftr yep yep no arguments i like those guys i hope they uh i hope they get it together although i will another thing and this is petty but i'm just going to mention it they always like to throw out how like they're these throwback guys and everybody would have loved working with them like no you're too short everyone would have said you're too short like you're like five six like no like no you wouldn't have worked with arn and oli you wouldn't have i'm sorry like you would have been job guys they would have had a hell of a lot better chance in one of the territories than they would have been wwf for sure fair fair Uh, but it's not it's not like you know jim crockett promotions was land of the giants rick flesh six feet tall you know that's fair that's fair but 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 to your point there's especially Dax is short. <laughs> My point is they would have been getting dropped on their head by the road warriors a lot. <laughs> and the Steiner brothers would have murdered them. <laughs> well, right. Well, they would have had the choice. They could either take in a dump truck full of steroids, <laughs> like this, like one of the Steiners and the road warriors, or they could have been, you know, a middle of the road or a job team. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Just a thought. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, as to the rest of the show, uh, I like the Orange Cassidy and Cody match. I thought Orange yeah. should have just beaten them, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's... I think if we're going with Orange Cassidy, we gave him two wins over Jericho. I thought... I also think, in retrospect, it was a mistake to just have Brody Lee beat him. Um, yeah. Unless... Unless you were setting up Orange winning the belt and Brody being his first challenger, which maybe they still are. They are doing another rematch, but we know he won't be his first challenger because the winner of the next Cody and Orange match faces Darby Allen. So I don't know. I just think it feels like we had something with Orange Cassidy and, and now we don't know what to do with them. It feels like the Evan Bourne push or the Kofi Kingston push right now to me. Like they're, it hasn't quite gone that far off the rails yet but like we're getting to that territory like if cody just beats him in two weeks i'm gonna be a little bit upset and i say that as someone who generally really enjoys cody matches and cody as cody as a top guy and performer but i think orange cassidy should probably win the belt not gonna argue with you i like cody i like orange i'm not sure i would ever book those two guys to go to a time limit draw (laughs) Yeah, they haven't done one in a while, and I get, like, if they have... But to me, it's like, you shouldn't do that finish just because you haven't done it in a while. Right. Like, you should do that finish when it makes sense and you have a greater story to tell. Right. Um, and and again, if this is just leading to another TV match in a couple weeks... Again, I, and I guess if, if Orange wins, then you can build to a rematch with him and Cody with the, the part that they are, you know, that he's 1-0 and 1 against Cody or whatever. I guess that's fine, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I just it, it felt like a weird time to do the draw. Like, again, I get that they hadn't did it in a while. It's good to remind people that it's a finish in your repertoire, but it felt like a weird time to do it. No argument there. No argument there. Um, there's a lot of stuff. That, you know, for all the criticism of Stop Start, like, remember when they were doing something with Scorpio Sky, like, two months ago? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What happened to that? <laughs> well, he's in a big program with Sean Spears, apparently. Uh, we got our Yes, we got our once every three months uh, Sean Spears promo on Dynamite. <laughs> once every three months, Sean Spears cuts a random pro- promo to let us know that apparently he's been in a feud for a while with someone. <laughs> And uh, this time, apparently, he's been feuding with Scorpio Sky since uh, late night dynamite. <laughs> News to me. But like, I mean, again, I'm like they they told us about it. They didn't just send them out on dynamite, and Excalibur didn't just tell me that it was happening. They showed me what their issue is. It was just very random because they don't do a lot of those like video package promos. So it was just random. Like, oh, by the way, here's one from Sean Spears about his budding rivalry with Scorpio Sky. Like, what? That's like a weird collection of words you're just throwing at me right now. But like, at least they they, they showed they didn't just tell. So I'll, I'm not I'm not totally against that. If that's if we're building if we're back to building Scorpio Sky for something and Sean Spears is his first step and we build him up for uh, but he like Scorpio Sky is not in the world title tournament though, is he? No. So no. and. They're doing Mox and, and Kingston, and then the TNT title seems tied up the next next little while. So, like, I don't even know like what what we would be building Scorpio's guy for if 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 we did get that back on track. But yeah, I think it feels like sometimes we just forget about things. Well, well, how is that? How does that happen? Unless it's like, well, there's two weeks between tapings usually. 
So, like, mm-hmm. stuff, they forget things in the two weeks. It's really weird. I guess, I mean, like, when was Late Night Dynamite? That was, like, a month ago, right? Oh, I don't remember, dude. <laughs> don't don't make me look it up. It's, I mean, it was during the NBA playoffs, okay? And the finals just happened. So it was at least, like, two or three weeks ago. Correct. And now we are being informed that, that Ty Dillinger has been stalking Scorpio Sky. All right. Late night, late night dynamite uh, took place on September twenty third. Okay. Uh, this week's dynamite aired on October fourteenth. Okay, so three, let's say three weeks. Yeah. Um, that's again, that's fine. And again, I'm happy that they, if this is going to be a match on dynamite, I'm glad they showed this promo. It was just very weird to be like after three weeks of this, they're like, by the way, this is a thing that's going on. Let's cut to this video package. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's yeah. Like they randomly announced, like in the middle of a match, that Darby Allen was going to get a shot at the TNT title, and like they randomly announced uh, announced in the middle of the match that oh yeah, by the way, the main event's an ODQ match now. Like yeah, you knew at some point today you were going to make this an ODQ match. Like what's the point of not announcing it? Well, also because like, did you need to do like? the two brawls to set that up or can you just go moxley's a hardcore guy and uh his opponent is a a crazy lance archer's a crazy monster so let's make it no dq so we have a decisive winner can you just say that like at the top of the show like do you have to do a show long angle where they keep brawling with each other i i I don't don't know (laughs) and then announce it mid-match very very strange very strange stuff I mean, I guess that that part of that is they don't have a William Regal to come out and shout at them and and then make the and then make the adjustment in a triumphant over the top manner. Well, and I get it. Like I'm fine with no on screen authority figures, but also that does you don't have a lot of like gusto and over the top and loud man, loud angry British man screaming war games at you when you get the new. <laughs> You know, when you get the the big match announcement, and it's like if you if they brawled out, and then you have somebody come out and go, and this is gonna be a no DQ match now, and the crowd all goes, oh yay! Like that would be something, but instead it was just like a graphic in the middle of the in the middle of the uh, women's title match or whatever. Like, I'm just gonna repeat the same thing basically you just said, but you can't you can you can do wrestling without an on screen authority figure. But if you're constantly referencing your authority figure making matches, it you may as well just have an on-screen authority figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like again, like you don't you can make it a, a Jack Tunney type. Like you don't oh, have sure. to make you don't have to make it a uh, you know somebody that's gonna feud with wrestlers or be a heel or a babyface. Just have the person. Again, when you have a big segment like that, you have him come out in front of the crowd and announce this match is now a no DQ match and everybody cheers. Like it seems that seems like a really simple thing to have and you have like how many former retired wrestlers under contract now that could do that role? You know, you could, give, you could give that to Taz, you could give that to a hundred different people and it would be fine. Like you could <laughs> maybe 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 instead of standing next to Cody holding uh, an IHOP menu, uh, you could have like one of the greatest promos of all time. Arn Anderson cuts some promos once in a while. 
yeah, sure, that that makes as much sense to me as anything. Yeah, just have anybody who has some gusto, and you make a, and when you do those big changes or your big match announcements, you know, you want people to be excited about it, and you want to be alerting the live crowd of it as well. So you get, I know it's not a full arena, but so you get some sort of reaction, not just some random graphic that's thrown up on the screen. Very bizarre. All right, I think we are at uh, a good stopping point, unless there's anything else you'd like to get into. No, I think that uh, that about wraps us up. We've we've covered a lot of ground. We've shared a few laughs. The phrase jiggly ass was said for the first time in 248 episodes. History has been made here tonight, folks, and gosh, I was just so happy to be part of it. Till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. When I, I said they were Tampa flavor, I was saying white trash. Jiggly ass. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Um, I uh, turned off the mic that just is on my laptop. Right. I was getting like weird double feedback on it when I had them both on, so I was shouting like, Wait, I'm, don't <laughs> hang up, I'm plugging my thing in and then after about thirty seconds I was like, You can't can't hear me because I don't have a on. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Sure. John Cena got married. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how that affects his plans to impregnate Nikki Bella. <laughs> Boy, remember, when, remember when he had like his midlife crisis after they broke up and he was like going on talk shows being like I'm going to put a baby in that woman <laughs> I do not remember that <laughs> yeah some real psycho stuff he uh, is a really strange man yep like I like him I still like John Cena I mean, he's a very advanced robot I mean no one can deny that <laughs> The technological expertise on play. <laughs> you po- you positive or negative on John? I, I mean, I, I I don't. <laughs> I mean, part of me is like, no one is that successful. That's also a good person. Sure. But um, I mean, I don't have anything like directly <laughs> against him. Um, and I think wrestling was better when he was a full time character on it compared to him. Compared to how WWE has been since he has not been a full-time character. So I think my opinion of him as a full-time wrestler has only improved since he left. I think he is a hugely important figure in the history of wrestling. (laughs) Like, things have been bad for the last uh, 18 years. Things would have been really bad for the last 18 years without a John Cena. Yeah, you do want wonder if like because i don't you know dave and randy orton got to a certain level that as like you know quote unquote big stars in wrestling but they never felt like they were 
getting any higher than that. So, right. You feel yep. like the the downward spiral would have started or would have been more steep, um, if not for not for John. Yep. 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 I also I don't feel like you could do the level of charity work that he has done and like secretly be a murderer. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's probably this is probably a bad analogy. There's probably several examples of that, but <laughs> I'm sure. But no, I like I said, I don't think he's a terrible person or anything. I just think he's like, like again, I just think <laughs> he just has such a lack of like any human. sort of personality except when the camera is rolling. <laughs> right. Any human emotion. Yeah. Um, it's like even that there was like that video a couple years ago of like him yelling at a dude who was like wouldn't stop filming him in a Walmart or something, and even that like he was like I you could just see like the 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 ones and zeros going in his head <laughs> going like I can't I can't do anything right. that hurt the brand here, so I have to be right. very calm and just <laughs> tell the person he's being rude and ask him to leave me alone. Like he couldn't get, he, he could, like, I can't actually get mad. I have to just be stern. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you ever, if you've ever gone back and listened to, I don't even know if they're still like somewhere on the board or anything, but there's a couple of scene appearances on the, uh, eoded days of wrestling observer live with David Bryan. Did you ever listen to those? No. It's interesting to hear Cena. When he still had a little bit of personality. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I would say up until probably about 2005, when he was doing media, sometimes he would, you know, uh, he would, like, tell frat boy stories when he would do media. And then about 15 years ago, that stopped, and he's been a robot ever since. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was, like... Super appreciative and super polite to Dave on those calls, and was like, uh, "Anything for you?" Like that, that kind oh, of, wow. that kind of, that kind of quote. Like, you know, they're like, "Hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing this." Like, you just say the word, and I'll be here. Anything for you guys, and that, that kind of. I mean, that is just more of his programming, but uh, <laughs> it shows, it shows that it, it's it that's the say yes to any uh, any media has been a thing for twenty years. So. Mm-hmm. All right, good times. I'm glad I've wasted your time with this. <laughs> hey, we just we just don't have to talk about John Cena the robot in the regular show now. This is uh, this fair. was off topic enough to be bonus feature material. Yeah, good times. I try to keep on keeping on.